Welcome to Gray Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Gray Story Podcast. Uh, glad to have you with us for this episode. We are uh, live with none other than Kathy Sprinkle. You're going to know her from conference. Uh, she's one of our master's level instructors, a licensed counselor. Um, and we're glad to have her here today to talk about gaslighting. Kathy, how you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, usually I'll read off a bio, but you're here, you're in person. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you bring to the table to talk about gaslighting? Mm, boy, gaslighting, what a huge thing to talk about today. I am um, a trauma therapist, a developmental and relational trauma. That means, just kind of quickly, we take people back to look at their childhood, not to blame their parents, but to get the record straight. Then once I take you back to look at some of the things that happened in your life when you were younger, and we figure out how that impacts you today, then now it's your problem in mind to figure out what to do about that. I'm also an EMDR trained specialist and a, let's see, what all the things, <laughs> a certified sex addictions therapist. Wow. And they call it a CPIT, but a CPIT, <laughs> they couldn't have come up with a worse name. Basically, I'm a, betraum, a betrayal trauma specialist. Wow. I deal with women and some men who've been betrayed emotionally and sexually by their spouse or their partner. So this topic of gaslighting is, is you're, you're probably no stranger to the term. Um, and it's certainly why we brought you on today to, to talk about this. We did put this topic up that we were going to be talking about it in our community group on Facebook. If you're not a part of that, head on over to Facebook, just type in Grace Story Community um, and you'll be able to find that. There's a few questions to enter in your email, um, and, and then, uh, you know, following the rules, of course. Um, but yeah, head on over there, join in because every now and then we do put out there, what questions do you have, uh, for one of our experts on the podcast? So we have listener questions, uh, all sorts of questions about gaslighting. Let's, let's just jump right in. I'm all about definitions and making sure we're on the same, uh, table when it comes to what we're talking about. So could you just define what gaslighting is? Maybe where the term comes from for us. Okay. There's a lot of different definitions. This one I like the best because I think it gets right to it. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. It is an emotional abuse that makes a person question their intelligence, their beliefs. It makes them question their whole idea of what reality is. So, and that leads me right to a, uh, a question from a listener um, where they put down here, why is gaslighting called abuse and not just a confused way of deflection? Mm, wow. That's a great question. It's intentional. Mm, it okay. is. If someone's gaslighting you, they're intentionally trying to confuse you. And let me just say right at the very beginning, the one thing that is true in every issue of gaslighting I've ever dealt with, which over my career has been a long time, is confusion. You have women who are intelligent, logical women and they'll tell you that every single time he starts to talk about this subject, they just get confused. It's like mm -hmm. their brain gets fogged. You know, that smells like gaslighting. So anytime you get that, why am I so confused about this? I, 10 minutes ago, I knew what I believed. Somebody's gaslighting you. So it's intentional. It is abuse. It, mm -hmm. it makes you question your own instincts, yeah. your truth. What is reality? And take us a little further down that road and, and help me understand maybe, because I know there's, 
uh, gaslighting is is a term that's used a lot over the last mm-hmm. maybe five years. It seems like um, so. Maybe give me some examples of what is or maybe what is not as oh, well, that's like so gaslighting. Because what happens is there are certain psychological terms that become pop culture and then they get mm-hmm. misused a lot. So what it is is what we talked about before. It's emotional abuse. It's meant to make you question your reality, question your emotions, question who you are. With with that, what is what is the ultimate goal of making one question their reality with that? Uh, the gaslighter gets his own way. And I'm going to, today, we're talking mostly to women, so I'm going to talk about the women as being gaslighted, the men as the gaslighters. That's not always true. It's mm. true a lot in what I do. But So he gets his way, and you have to see his way. Gotcha. So you can't have your own opinions or that wouldn't be good. What gaslighting is not, I had a woman one time tell me, uh, not a client, um, tell me that she um, thought her husband was gaslighting her because they disagreed on where to park the car when they went to a restaurant. She wanted to park on the right, he wanted to park on the left. She said, he gaslighted me. I'm like, no, you had a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Having a civil, civil um, difference of opinion, that's not gaslighting. So let's let's... There are too many women being gaslit or gaslighted. I've never figured out which is which. Um, they're being gaslighted, really. So let's not make it what it's not. So, so what is it then? What can you give me an example of what it might look like? Uh, oh, some of the some of the things that are said, um, and these are this is a pattern. It's not a one time thing. Your husband says this, and you're like, wow, that's not like him. Why do you get so upset every time I say that? That's just, stu- you're just being stupid. Do you think you might be crazy? I'm thinking maybe you need some medication. Don't you mm. think you might do that? Or he's caught red-handed. You have his phone in your hand. He's been texting an ex-girlfriend. It's there. And he denies that it's there. That might be psychotic. No. <laughs> but it's, that's got, no. Basically, if, if you wanted to have a, a motto for a good gaslighter, it is, who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? It, it seems so. I, uh, first of all, I have, I have a ton of questions just stemming out of just what we've talked about there. But... With this, and and before I get to some of those other questions, what relationships might I see this in? Because you've already alluded to uh, a man doing this to a woman. I mean, what if is this just happened in personal relationships, or are there other relationships I might need to keep my eye on as well? Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it what I tend to do it seems to see mostly uh, this happening with couples, but it could happen with a boss that was not an emotionally healthy person. It can also happen in male-male or female-female relationships, not sexual, but just friends where somebody is seeking power and to control somebody. This is all about control. Mm-hmm. I need to control you, what you think, what you say, what you do. So so with this, and we've, we've uh, moved into some of those, uh, the, the, the examples. We have a question from a listener where they're asking more specifically, what are subtle ways people gaslight or what are subtle ways I could unknowingly gaslight someone else? Mm. So you mentioned it's intentional. Can I unintentionally gaslight? Maybe. I don't, it's funny, I never thought about that very much. Anytime you see someone being passive aggressive, including yourself, question, why, why am I not being direct? Being direct cures almost everything. If I tell you, you know, Nate, when you say that, I feel really put down. And I'm wondering why you use that tone of voice with me. Um, and then I would have to go, hmm, what, if, or if it's you going, huh, why did I use that tone of voice? I don't think it happens. I, I think that we can make excuses for people who gaslight. I think usually the person 
knows they're trying to control you, even if they don't know the term gaslight. Yeah. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Like I feel like the person who asked this question, it, it's coming from a heart where they don't, they don't want to gaslight. Right. They don't right. want to be manipulative towards another person, right. which, which can happen. You mm-hmm. can, you can do that. We're all human Absolutely. acting out of emotions, not allowing those emotions to control our behaviors. Right. Uh, so it sounds like this person wouldn't be gaslighting to control another human being. Right. Um, Perhaps like, they're just not being direct. Yeah. And and that goes to another way, what you're talking about, um, the, the the control aspect. This is something that's aggressive. It is. It, is there a time span? That, like how aggressive can someone be to make you lose your sense of reality, your trust in yourself? Um, is that something where I'm boarded up in a house over a matter of weeks? Or is, <laughs> no. is it what? what No, but your life's boarded up for a matter of decades sometimes. That it happens slowly because no clear thinking woman would get involved in uh, with a man who mistreated her. So if many times, and I can't, I I don't have right at my fingertips the research on it, but it's been my anecdotal experience that many times when someone is being gaslighted, the person gaslighting them has narcissistic traits. I don't Mm. say they're a full-blown narcissist, but they have some narcissistic traits. Somehow with somebody that has narcissistic traits, I I can't exist if you don't completely agree with me. Mm. Because we think of of people that are narcissists being these big, strong characters. No, they're very weak because they cannot abide anyone not being 100% in agreement with them at all times and under their control. Sure. So with that, that looking for, I don't want to fall prey to people who would use this type of behavior on me. Um, so are there patterns maybe that I can try to pick up on that you've seen uh, a through line for maybe how it starts or, or how it was something like, Hey, this doesn't seem right, uh, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it, it is. It is incremental. I think most women would tell you that he started off being a wonderful person. He love-bombed her. He swept her off her feet. She thought she'd found the perfect man. And then incrementally, it was a little more abusive, a little more abusive until... And see, that's the, that's the thing. A clear-thinking woman would immediately get out of a relationship like that if it were just wham. But it's incremental. And then you fall in love with him. And then it's been too long. And then you have kids together. Now what are you going to do? But you say you say love bombed. Uh, that sounds like a good thing in a way. Is that? It sounds like it doesn't. <laughs> but love, well, it's kind of love is good, but bombs aren't, are they? It's true. So a love bomb is I'm just going to immerse you in me, and and you're wonderful, and you're beautiful, and you're intelligent. Just the opposite of what he's going to be telling you a year from now. Wow. So he he said these things that you always wanted a man to say to you, until he didn't, and then. By that time you're in so deep, it's hard to know how to get out. So how does all this, uh, I mean, it's got to affect your self-esteem, your self-confidence. Tanks it. How does, how do you deal with that? The problem is there are many women just put up with it. You know, especially Christian women who are committed to marriage. It's like this, I'm married to him. He's not committing adultery. He's just completely taken my self-worth away and he, you know, I don't even know what to do. And, and I get confused anytime he raises his voice. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you just think about that woman, that's just, you can't see me, but just kind of, ooh, I don't know what to do. And I've had people sit in my office and say, I just get confused. And then I feel stupid. And then mm-hmm. he tells me I'm stupid. He confirms what you, well, what he's 
taken you to the point to believe about yourself. The new reality he set up for you, you start to believe it yourself. I could not have said that better. So now there's a new reality. He's a new sheriff in town and you have no self-worth. And so you don't know how to fight that sheriff because he's installed these new ideas in your head. Let's talk a little bit about self-talk. Okay? It's a good time to talk about self-talk. Procter & Gamble spends $1 billion, that's with a B, $1 billion a year on the bet that if they give you enough messages, you'll buy Tide. So far, it's working pretty good for yeah. me. How many messages do you think you give yourself in a year? Mm. So let's say, and we may come back to self-talk again in a minute, but so imagine you have bad self-talk anyway, and then you allowed him to install more negative talk in you. So every time you get in an argument, you, it's kind of like he installed them and he pushes the button and you just go ahead and say all those things for him. Mm. You're stupid. You, you have no idea about reality. You're crazy. Maybe you're not even a good mom to these kids of ours because you're so crazy. Why are you always so emotional? Why can't you just do what I ask you to do? Now, some of those things could be in any argument, some of them. But that pattern of I never say anything right, I never do anything right, starts to just melt the self-worth of almost every woman I know. Well, it seems unsustainable. Like, how can you keep up under that pressure? And uh, Yeah. Do you remember when you were a little kid, and you went to the pool, and usually everybody I know did this when they went to the pool. Somebody had one of those little hard dodgeballs, mm -hmm. and you'd hold it under the water. Yeah. And when you first start holding it under the water, it, it wasn't hard, and then about five minutes later, your arms are aching, and pretty soon your earlobes are strained, and you can't hold it under the water anymore, and you let it go. And what happens? Pops up. Yeah. High. That's what happens to many women. They hold it under the water for years or decades. When it pops, it pops. Sometimes it needed to pop decades before, but it didn't. They, um, they have anxiety disorders. Not everyone who has anxiety disorders was, was gaslighted, but they get anxiety disorders. They teach their children, don't upset dad, don't upset dad, which now we're taking it to another generation. My question would be, why can't dad take care of his own emotions? Because I can't make you mad, Nate. You make yourself mad because you decide you're angry for something I said. But I can't make you mad. So I want to I focus in on something you just said as in passing it on to the generation, the next generation. Because it sounds like, and I could be wrong here, you almost become a subsequent gaslighter or facilitator of gaslighting so that the, um, in, in this context, we've, we've labeled uh, a male figure in, in this, this family. Uh, but it could be anybody. It can um, be. You, you're facilitating his control over the children as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you're grooming them to be gaslighted. You're grooming them to be gaslighted and you're grooming them to be codependent because mm. suddenly I'm now responsible for dad's feelings. He's not, I'm responsible for them because I can make him mad or I can upset him. No, if you're a child, there are times you're out of control and you need to be you know, disciplined. But if the whole thing is don't ever let dad be mad, then now I'm responsible for your emotions and that's not fair and it's not healthy. So Ryan has talked about a term called enmeshment. Mm. Um, is, is that a parallel here? Is that something that plays in? It can. And enmeshment, if you didn't hear that podcast, it, it's E-N-M-E-S-H-M-E-N-T. I think of it as enmeshment because it's a mess. It's messy. <laughs> yeah. And enmeshment means I don't know where you end and I begin. It's a lack of boundaries. 
And so, yeah, a lot of times there's a measurement, but it's more about fear. It's all, it's all about everybody being afraid of what's going to happen if the gaslighter actually gets mad. Maybe he's never done a violent thing in his life, but you've taught yourself and your kids that it, the end of the world would happen if he got upset. Really? I don't think so. But that's the way people are taught. So with that, too, you mentioned the fear side of things. And I'm hearing, too, when you're questioning your reality and you think you're stupid, there's also that big emotion of, of just being humiliated. Yes. Where does what, what emotions does that humiliation from gaslighting elicit? And why, why is that so powerful to keep you there? Well, once again, it completely erodes my self-worth. I've decided for me, there's a sidebar here, is that I use the word self-worth instead of self-esteem. I've decided for me, self-esteem is what I allow other people to give me. Self-worth is what who I really am, who I know I am and who I know God made me to be. That's my self-worth. So the self-worth just keeps getting eroded because and there's, a, there's a physical stance that many of the ladies with whom I deal who are being gaslighted, they just look little and small. Even if they're tall, they'll sit on my couch and they just look small because they've been beaten down. See, see, the problem with emotional abuse is there's no bruise. If you hit me, I could say, there's the bruise right there on my arm. That's where he hit me. If you emotionally abuse me, I've got no place to say this is where it hurt. And so if there's no place to know where it hurt, then somehow I can act like it wasn't really, he didn't really hurt me. He didn't mean to. Well, he didn't that, mean to say that. That, even, that. that sets it up though perfectly for a gaslighter too. Because yes. if there's no proof, it'd be like, well, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And I want to be here for you, but what you're talking about, I did not do that. Yeah. Why would if I? Why would I do that? I love you. Why would I do that? Right. I mean, I, I was just kidding. Can't you even take a joke? Good mm. grief! I know I tease you about your weight. You know, you have gained a few pounds. But you know, I, I just, I just, you know, didn't really want a fat wife. But hey, I was just kidding. Why can't you take a joke? So, I I feel like there's people listening to this. It's resonating. Um, and as always with, with Grace Story, we want to equip while we point out things that are a danger point. Um, let's talk about some of those tools and strategies that I might use. Say I've picked up on a pattern or I'm, I'm going to... Let's start here. I may have had a misunderstanding of what gaslighting is based mm -hmm. on what you're talking about. I may have used it wrong. I probably can't go back to everybody and apologize that I either, uh, you know, told them they're gaslighting. But maybe what are some ways that I can become more literate um, and what are some tools I can use um, to be better informed about, about gaslighting? Let me tell you about the, there's a bunch of different types of gaslighters, but let's talk about just three right now because that seems to be something that we can all take in. There's three types of gaslighters that I have seen. Number one is the classic, what we've been talking about, the guy who's angry and who mocks her and who mocks her in front of her children and her, her parents sometimes. And she's scared to go out to dinner with him because if he has one too many beers, then, well, then the floodgates open and mm. it's, it's open season on me. So that's one. The other two, one is called the glamour one. And this guy, like, buys you nice gifts. You don't want to leave him. Because, boy, your standard of living would really go down. He buys you new cars. He buys you all these things. But he dismisses anything about you having a personal belief or having a personal uh, thoughts about anything. You're not allowed to have emotions with him either because he's just going to buy you some nice stuff. He does a lot of love bombs too. The third one is the good guy. He's the hardest, I think, is the good guy. 
because he doesn't say things in public very often. And he kind of makes you believe that he did you a favor by marrying him because he's he's superior to you. He's very passive aggressive. Uh, so you married up. Uh, you better believe yeah. it. Yeah. And so you ought to be happy that I give you this nice house and this everything. And you don't get to have opinions. So those are three. So we've got the classic, the glamour, and the good guy. Good guy. How do you... How do you come against this? The first thing are boundaries. That you set definite boundaries about how someone is allowed to speak to you. And all the women out there going, how do I set a boundary? First of all, you write it out. And boundaries can't be controlling. They just have to, to, to keep you safe. Um, and keep you safe from that person. My dog's sitting here right now as we're doing this. When I take him to a dog park, he doesn't complain because he's got all of that area that's fenced in. He can run around in and be free. But I feel good because I know he's safe. So to keep yourself safe, you have to set boundaries. And there has to be a consequence with the boundary. It's even written up on the dry erase board in my office. A boundary without a consequence is merely a suggestion because you've already got people that run over your boundaries. So when you set a boundary and say, you know, when you speak to me in that tone of voice, especially if you curse at me, I'm going to leave the room. You can't do that. Try me. Yeah. <laughs> so when he does, you have to, it's better to not set a boundary. It's just like with kids, and I'm not saying that men are children. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying we're all human. And so it's better to not set a boundary than to set a boundary and not actually stand up to it then and enforce it. Well, here with with what you're saying, I feel like um, there's almost. Uh, I, I heard I heard someone talk about um, writing their own bill of rights, mm-hmm. uh, sitting down and actually as they're journaling, self reflecting, thinking about, yeah, we we as uh, United States American citizens, we have a bill of rights that That's we right. we read through, we understand. What about me personally? What do I believe about myself? What do I believe I have the right to? And what you're saying, some. Some people, by their actions, mm-hmm. may not believe they have the right to leave the room when someone's speaking at them, uh, speaking at them, at them at a decibel level that you know yep. could hurt your ears, but it's, it's not respectful. So right. if you sit down and prep uh, and a bill of rights for myself, do I have the right to do that? It could prepare you to enforce that boundary. It sounds Absolutely. like absolutely and. You know, sometimes we've been taught, um, I am a Christian, sometimes we've been taught in the church that we just need to, women need to just shut up. Mm. And I'm saying, okay, one of the things I love, an author I just love is Brennan Manning. And Brennan said the most radical thing Jesus ever said was our father. And we've said that so many times that we forget that that had never been said before. Wasn't a part of that culture to look at God as a father. That everything Jesus came to do and say was to teach us who God was as our father. And if you read the gospels with that idea, it can really change how you view the gospels. So what good father would want his daughter to be treated like that? Yeah. I mean, in my house at least, I didn't have a brother, but I knew Dagon well. If I had a brother and he treated me improperly, my father would have said, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. So what father would want the wife to just, just shut up and take it and to be of her self-worth, which Jesus gave her her self-worth, to be totally demeaned in that manner? Let's, let's go down that road just for a second since you've opened it up, because if I'm listening to this and gaslighting in all of its intensity has happened to me, mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, yeah, I, I understand what you're talking about. My, my self-esteem, I'm reaching up to touch rock bottom on this thing. Yeah. Um, what are some ways that I can begin to move back in the direction of, of well, it, self-esteem, let, let alone that, just trusting my gut and my own instincts? Yes. Maybe I can phrase it this way. How can I learn or relearn a language of warning for myself so that I can trust my own gut instincts again? Wow. The boundaries have to start first. The boundaries are, are the absolute. If we're doing a Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm, yeah. for this, we have to be safe. And to be safe, because it's one of the bottom ones, to be safe means that I can say what I think, you know, boundaried, because I don't get to just blurt out my stuff either, sure. but that I can respectfully have a, a sense of, of who I am and what I believe, that I'm not you, that I'm me, that I'm unique. All I need to do is look at the... Look at my thumbprint. I, there's never been a thumbprint like that in the history of man or will there ever be. God made me incredibly special and unique. Therefore, I have a right to be that unique person and not uh, a mini-me of somebody that I happen to be married to or in a relationship with. So that's the first thing we have to do is start setting those. You know, it's probably uh, bias, professional bias, but I think you need to get a therapist. Sure. Uh, I think you need to get a therapist to help you understand that you've been gaslighted, that you want to learn how not to do that anymore. Um, there's a book out about, and I, oh, it's in my other thing. Robin Stein, S-T-E-I-N, Robin Stein has written a couple of books on gaslighting if you want to Google her about how to, to get out of that. But you, you didn't get into this gaslighting thing quickly. You're not going to get out of it quickly. And most couples have a dance that they do. Some have healthy dances, some have unhealthy dances, but everybody knows I had a woman one time who asked me, how does he know how to push my buttons? It's like, he installed them. Are you <laughs> kidding? And you installed buttons in him. So you've got this uneasy alliance and you know this dance that you do. When you decide to change the dance steps, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I just want you to know that. And I think people need to know that, that we need to be honest about. When you decide, when there's been an uneasy, right now with everything that's going on in the world, when there are uneasy alliances and peace accords mm, yeah. and somebody breaks one, then war comes out. So that's what you're looking at. But you're worth that. You are worth having your own thoughts and opinions. You are worth being the unique woman of God's that he created you to be. You're worth that, but you're going to have to work. Well, I think that's a good segue into another listener question. And again, uh, listeners, as you're listening to this, go ahead and join the community group on Facebook because uh, we, we have this from time to time. If you want questions answered uh, by uh, people who know what they're talking about and have experience with these types of things because they've lived it, they've helped others with it, um, you go ahead and join that and, and, and look for those questions for the upcoming episodes. But this person writes in and says, how should a person respond in the, mo in the moment? If I realize a particular situation includes gaslighting regularly, but it is not a relationship I can walk away from completely, how can I respond in those moments or how should I be prepared to react in order to, and there's there's some caveats here, to keep peace and yet hold on to my self-respect by standing up for myself at least a little. Mm, I'm, a saying there. There, I'm saying there are times when you can't do both. Mm. That keeping the peace is not always the best thing. When we enable somebody to continue to be a mean and hateful person who wants to change people's reality, I don't think that's loving. The Bible says we're supposed to, in Ephesians, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. If I only speak the truth, it's harshness. If I only do what the, what the world says of love, it's marshmallow fluff. And it's not 
it gives you cavities, by the way. Um, <laughs> but so we're supposed to speak the truth in love. And so part of that is getting out of what she's, she's talking about. It's like, you can't always have peace. Peace becomes an idol sometimes to people. That sounds harsh. And I know because I was raised with a mother like that. And I loved her dearly. But peace at any price, no matter what. Mm. And so things didn't get done in the, in the family that should have been gotten done. Things didn't get talked about that should have been talked with because we couldn't have anybody get upset. Well, that's not life. And so we have to start setting those boundaries. And so just as I said before, you start... The first part of boundaries, I think, is education. I am telling you right now, and, and I say you lower your voice. If he's yelling, you lower your voice and say, you know, it really hurts me when you speak to me like that. And I'm, I'm going to have to stop letting you do that. If you choose to do it, I can't be in the room when you do it. Because if you just keep letting him do it, you're not helping him, you're not helping yourself. I've seen women set these boundaries and their husbands get it. They don't realize that they're being that hateful. They get into therapy and a lot of good things can happen. But no matter what, you gotta save yourself and what you're showing your children. Do you want your daughter to think she should be able to be spoken to like that? Do you want your son to become a gaslighter? They're watching us all the time, you know that. So let's show them how you can respectfully, even when someone doesn't doesn't deserve your respect, when you respectfully set a boundary and say, I just can't let you talk to me like that. So let's let's take a step back here because if I, I'm listening to you and and we're about thirty minutes in, someone's listening and they're like, okay, everything you're talking about, uh, tools, resources, what what you want me to do here, scares me, intimidates me. I'm not sure I can do any of this. I'm probably just going to shut this off and pretend like I didn't listen to the to the first 30 minutes of this. Uh, what do you say to that person who's intimidated by the entire prospect that gaslighting isn't just a term you get to say, I was victimized. Uh, there, there are ways that you can deal with it that are intimidating and scary. What do you say to this person? I'll say it again because it's worth saying you're worth it. You're fighting for your own personhood is worth it because there are people in the world who need you. Your children need you. Your friends need you. And you've got to live your best life as the, the big thing is now. You've got to do what you can do. And you can't probably do it on your own. So you need good friends to help you. You need a good therapist who will help you understand, no, honey, that what that's not appropriate for him to say to you. I tell you, I am shocked at the way some Christian couples speak to each other. It's like, wow, you call each other that? <laughs> wow. Let's stop that, okay? Um, so you're worth doing that. And you're worth finding people to help you do that. Gray Story Community is a wonderful place to find women who will rally around you and love on you and speak the truth to you and support you. Well, and you need that because you're not always, uh, and you mentioned it earlier in this episode, you're not always giving yourself the best pep talks every day. Uh, and that, that leads me to another listener question um, where she says, I think we often gaslight ourselves with self-talk and lack of confidence, buying the lie. What is the first step to breaking that habit? That's so funny because people go, self-talk, what are you talking about? Because we run, we run these thoughts all the time in our head, right? We run, it's funny how we think it's, we don't think that's crazy, but sometimes we think it's crazy to talk back to them. About, oh, 20 years ago, my best friend said to me, you have the meanest self-talk I've ever heard, and if you spoke to me the way you speak to yourself, I'd refuse to be your friend. Hmm. Ooh, okay. 
everybody needs people in their lives that'll talk to them like that and tell them the truth about themselves. You've got to figure out how to say positive things. I'm not talking about any new age voodoo stuff. Sure. Who does God say that I am? Repeat that to yourself. It's really funny. Several years ago, I always have my phone. I have a bit of a phone addiction, I'm afraid. But I always have it between my knees when I'm driving the car because if those of you who are from outside of Cincinnati don't know that there are always traffic jams in Cincinnati. I never text and drive, so don't get to worry about that. But you'd think I would realize that if it's always there, that when I get out of the car, I probably ought to pick yeah. it up first. <laughs> and so I don't know how many times I broke completely shattered the glass in the front of my um, phone. And this is exactly what was said. How stupid can you be? Oh my gosh. Do you know how much it's going to cost? How many times are you going to do this? This is just dumb. Wow. About a year, two years ago, I did it again. And my first thought was, you know, you got to figure out a better way to handle that. That's healing. That we go and we tell ourselves the truth. That we have, have a self-compassion and I want you to try this one I've, I've said this on another podcast but some of you may have heard it but I want you to try it if you didn't do it I want you to think for just a second about the favorite little kid in your life who was your favorite little kid somebody under the age of like seven so think about that person get them in your mind think about how precious they are ornery too I'm sure they're ornery precious and ornery and um, just kind of fresh in the world now for one week, I want you to try and do this, that you would not say anything to yourself that you would not say to that child. If it's too harsh to say to the child, it's too harsh to say to yourself. If I thought that self-talk, mean self-talk would help, I'd say, go for it, man. Beat yourself up. But it doesn't work. Because it's that whole guilt and shame thing that I talked about at, at Grace Story before. That shame is something I believe I am. And it's a lie because if you're a Christian, your shame was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. Grace can't cover it because the blood of Jesus covered it 2,000 years ago. So anytime you you think, I am, I am stupid, I am, I am, I am, I am. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we use the I am to beat ourselves up when that is the name of God. Mm. So whenever you're like, I am so stupid, why do I do this? If you can't say it to the six-year-old little kid, you can't say it to yourself. And at the end of that week, you're going to be shocked at how just darn mean you are. Mm. Don't treat yourself like that. It doesn't help. It, and if someone's been putting those thoughts in your head, now you're just running the game for him. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. It's hard. It really is hard. But you have to tell yourself the truth. I am beloved of God. So you've given us some strategies of, of self-talk and, and helping ourselves that way. You've, you've given us strategies to uh, confront gaslighters by setting boundaries and also stepping back to see what boundaries will set and how we will enforce those boundaries mm -hmm. in a loving way. Um, you've also emphasized the importance of community, yes. um, having a support group that can speak reality into our lives, even over and above our own negative self-talk yeah, that, <laughs> that others have planted into us, whether that's gaslighting from someone we know or culture itself. Yes. Um, and then, so I want to, I want to give you uh, another, give us another tool on how to cultivate that self-trust to prevent gaslighting. So we've, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, how do I, so I don't trust my gut anymore. I don't trust mm -hmm. my reality. I hear what you're saying about believing I'm worth it, mm -hmm. but what's something I can just 
action wise do to try to dig around the roots and get some life there going and cultivate self-trust so I'm ready the next time someone, I, I can see it, their patterns, okay, they're gaslighting. Mm-hmm. I got to build up the courage and I am going to do, I've done what to build that up? This is going to sound so 101, but that's where we need to start. Start with what you do well. What do you do well? Somewhere we've decided that if I think I do something well, um, that's bragging, that's a lack, of, that's too much pride and all that kind of stuff, a lack of humility. What do you do well and do it? So let's say I, I had a client a long time ago and she would try listening to this. She was a great writer. I mean, her writing was stunning. And so we'd worked on that, that for at least 10 minutes every day, she would do this beautiful writing and she would read it to me in sessions. And it was just wonderful. And she started getting self-esteem from that. There's a a more negative way of doing that too that I'll give you, and that is when when you let somebody gaslight you, let's say you have several people that gaslight you. Let's say your in-laws gaslight you. Not only do your husbands, your in-laws do. Make a list of everything honestly, not hateful, honestly about them that you really don't respect. So you make that big long list. Well, they you know they do this and they do this and they do this honestly. You know they they treat me terrible. They speak horribly to me. They're not kind to their neighbors. They're, and then you look at that list and say, why do they get to live rent free in my head? Yeah. Do I respect them? No. So why do they get to decide how I live my life? That may sound a little negative to some of you, but we've given too much power to people who don't deserve it. And then we go to the positive. What do I do well? and dwell in what, because many of the things we do well were given to us by God, so we don't have to worry about our pride. I'm an intelligent woman, I know that. Guess who gave me the intelligence? God. So it's no pride thing for Sam, an intelligent woman. What do you do well and do it? That's, it's a one-on-one little step. If you're scared to death, that's a little teeny step you can take today. Two steps I want you to take today. Find something you really do well and start doing it and delight in it and join Grace Story Community. Yeah. And I'm assuming that list uh, you you we write down about the uh, the gaslighters. Maybe don't post that to social media. Oh, no, please not. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> no, not no, what that's no, for. No, no, to, no, no. That, that's that's yeah. between you and you, and you you then you destroy it after you go. Huh? I don't respect those people. Why would I let them determine my life? I think I'm going to try to start the journey. Scripture I probably never taught ever in my life without using the scripture. Philippians one six says, "For I'm confident of this very thing." that he who began a good work in mm-hmm. will continue to complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. Everything we do in our healings of process, it's never going to happen overnight. We serve a God that's as excited about the process as the product. So enjoy the process even when it's hard because he's walking that process with you. And it sounds like even the the symbolism of taking that uh, that list that you've written down mm-hmm. and destroying it, yes. I, you know, it, it can sound a little eh or sensational, but if destroying it, maybe you're saying symbolically, I am breaking the power that that person has on me. That's and right. this is uh, my, uh, well, to use the biblical term, Ebenezer, my, my point uh, that I can look back on and say, and in, in, in that is where I made a different directionality in my life and I'm moving forward from there. Okay. I want to take off on that for just a minute. Because okay, go that, for it. You, you didn't know that that's one of my favorite things in the world. The whole idea about Ebenezer. And I did not do really well in Old Testament survey in Christian college, <laughs> but I do know about Ebenezer's. And Ebenezer's were those places, if you don't know, where God had shown himself to be mighty and they would build like a little 
pile of stones or something. It was a monument to this is where God met me. Mm-hmm. How about if today you decide to, to make an Ebenezer? This is where God met me. I'm not going to let myself be run over anymore because it doesn't honor God. It's not a lack of pride or humility. It's, I don't know what it is, but it certainly isn't humility. But I will set an Ebenezer today that I am going to figure this thing out. I'm going to get a therapist. I'm going to join Grace Story Community. I'm going to figure out what I do well and delight in it because it was a gift of God and I'm a gift of God and I'm worth it. So as if all of that wasn't enough, uh, (laughs) I am always one to pull as much out of someone of your caliber as I possibly can for the Grace Story Community. And there's something I like to do at the end of every episode and that's just give the speaker an opportunity to speak directly to the listener on whatever may something we talked about today, something that's been on your heart recently, uh, something you're learning, something, an action item you want uh, the listener to do. But just here at the end, you speaking directly to the listener, just as we have throughout this entire episode. Uh, if you had a message for the Grace Story community uh, from Kathy, what would that be? I want you to just sit for a minute as you're listening to this and don't close your eyes if you're driving a car. But if you can, to just close your eyes. And I want you to think about the little girl that lives inside you. If you can imagine what you looked like maybe when you were six or seven years old and just get her in your mind. What do you want to say to her? What kind of a woman do you want to be? What kind of a person do you want to be to where she can look up to you and say, that's my hero. She takes care of me. Because the abuse, the emotional abuse, whether it's emotional, sexual, physical, whatever it is, always harms the little girl that lives inside of us. Now, that's no new age weird thing either. There is a wounded little child that lives in all of us, and that's what part of our healing is about. So decide today how you want to help her heal. What can you do? And if you say, I have no idea, then that's when you reach out to other people, to a counselor, to somebody in your church that's safe and that you trust. Reach out to them and don't put it off. I love it. And speaking of that, where can where can our listeners reach out to you if they want to contact uh, Catherine Sprinkle for more? Well, thanks. Um, I work for a wonderful uh, group practice called Counseling Alliance here in Cincinnati. And Counseling Alliance's phone number is 513-376-9757. Or you can email me at Kathy Sprinkle, that's K-A-T-H-Y dot S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E at CounselingAlliance.com. And you'll know that uh, that name for that Ryan Waters uh, is is also, a, uh, he works there at Counseling Alliance. So uh, well known to the Grace Story community. And we'll put the link to, to their website in the show notes for ease of access. But Kathy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for fielding these questions from the community. Thank awesome. you for answering things. And, and thank you for giving of your time uh, to us today. Thanks for having me. So that's all we have for today. We will be back in two more weeks with another episode for you. Uh, We hope you come back and please continue on your journey of restoration. We're with you on this all the way. And uh, in two weeks, we'll be with you. But until then, we'll be praying for you. See you then.